This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning, crypto. Mario, I have no audio on my end. Are we live? Yes. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several of my friends this morning. We got the cash flow king, passive income expert, and airdrop extraordinaire, Mr. Andrew Cashflow joining us on this Tuesday with over 1,200 followers on Twitter and the lead asset manager for Phoenix Crypto Assets, the Node Defender, Mario, welcome in, and the founder of Collecti Labs and most knowledgeable NFT CEO in the space, Selman G, also known as G Investing, is here to drop some bombs on what's taking place today. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing 80% of institutions are bullish on crypto. And we tell our listeners the catalyst for the largest players in the market. Fidelity to add Bitcoin to 401k accounts. And Michael Saylor continues to break barriers within the crypto space. Standard Chartered Bank enters the metaverse. We break down the metaverse they chose and why our listeners should be doing the same thing. And for our node holders out there, we have an update from StrongBlock on their roadmap for 2022 and a surprise announcement in regards to their partnership. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So I want to start off with Selman this morning because he just landed there in Germany. How was your flight and how are you feeling on this uh, Tuesday? Thank you so much. Oh, I feel tired, of course. I've been up for, uh, yeah, with like the small breaks. I don't count them for like 24 hours now. But I, you know, I don't want to get jet lagged. That's why I'm gonna wait, uh, wait till till it's nighttime to go to bed. But yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, amazing opportunities again in the markets. You know, uh, depends on the people, of course. Are we long term investors or short term? But yeah, happy to to be here and discuss that with you all. Very excited to have you, Summon. It was a pleasure meeting you in person for the first time this weekend as well. I know we had an amazing time, not only with the AMA, but being on stage and just getting to share all those moments together and also playing some bowling and doing some arcade games. That was a blast. I'd love to go to Andrew Cashflow. Andrew Cashflow, I would say good morning, but I know it's 5 p.m. How are you feeling on this Tuesday? Oh, you're muted. You're muted, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, you're muted. You're muted. <laughs> I I need to get used to this. <laughs> so what I, what I want to say is my my working day is uh, yeah already started about uh, yeah six seven seven eight hours ago. So I already did a do- I did a lot of staking and uh, and earning and uh, so maybe I have some time to uh, to, exp- to 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 tell a little bit about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, excellent day here. 
and uh, near near Germany. So uh, we just agreed with uh, with G that we maybe go to a conference in Amsterdam in the near future. So uh, you know, we we will meet each other. That's awesome. And if depending if XRP takes off or not, I'd love to fly there and meet with you guys. But we'll kick it to the no defender next because he got over 1,200 followers now on Twitter. Mario, can you please pull up your Twitter handle and why don't you show our listeners exactly what you do on that channel? Oh, man, you're making me feel embarrassed. 1,200 is not even that much yet, but <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate the love. And uh, Andrew, I think the reason Andrew Cashflow is muted is because him and Selman are so close to each other, there's a chance that they could get an echo. That's just a joke, but anyway, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, I can't wait. I can't wait to meet Andrew Cashlow in person. It was amazing meeting Selman in person. He's got like a really funny personality, which I didn't know he had. So that was really cool. And hey, bro, uh, I can't wait. I didn't, I didn't know either. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to talking some crypto today. Awesome. And we have some amazing stuff lined up. But before we kick it to Selman for some technical analysis, we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you guys our good morning crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto. Smash that follow button and tweet at us because we love interacting with you guys. But we'll go to the fear and greed index, which is out of extreme fear and just into normal fear, showing a 27 this morning. Possible time for accumulation. We had some big bearish price action yesterday, which we will address. But you know what? Those are the best times to buy typically. So we'll hop into the total coin market cap for today. We're showing 1.81 trillion in global market cap. Bitcoin at 41% dominance. Ethereum at 19%. Bitcoin sitting at $39,000 today. Ethereum just below 2,900. XRP at 65 cents. I wonder where we're going to find our local bottom. Back in January, we hit a low of 64 cents. So it's going to be really interesting to see if we hold that here. If not, we do have some bearish price targets for you. Cardano's at 85 cents. Kronos, 38. Cosmos, $21. Stellar is at 18 cents. And we have Hedera Hashgraph sitting at 17 cents. We lost you. Oh, can you hear me now? Can't hear you. Oh, man. What a difficult situation with the audio this morning. I, I Sorry for our listeners out there. No problem. I oh, hear you. you can hear me? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. It was fine here. Okay, perfect. So I just want to let our listeners know that what I did yesterday is I purchased some Hedera Hashgraph, continued to dollar cost average in at 17 cents. I thought that was a fantastic buying opportunity. I'd love to start off with Selman. Selman, what are you watching in this market this morning? And do you want to do any technical analysis on Bitcoin or any other altcoins? Yeah, the, um, actually, um, I want to focus on, on Bitcoin and XRP. Um, just want to briefly explain what I'm expecting. But it's so funny. You know, you guys heard of, of the news. Elon Musk bought Twitter and all of a sudden Dogecoin uh, exploded 20 to 30% in gains. This is crazy. So let me just show you my screen. I'd like to start um, off by saying that Bitcoin is, of course, uh, very indecisive. Uh, we Last week, we said, hey, we need that weekly closing above 43K. Otherwise, it might be shaky. Uh, and yep, we got rejected right at um, the 43k level. So let me show you show you that right here. You see 43,000, right? Um, got rejected there with a huge wig and immediately uh, went down to hit 38,000. Now, of course, trading at 39,300 dollars. Of course, the approach is. 36,800. That is possible on the weekly. That's our 100 EMA. However, guys, we are in the full moon phase. 
during the full moon phase within the two weeks, the bottom bottom is usually in. Actually, most of the time it's very close to the the uh, you know the starting point, um, but sometimes we do see see that in the middle. Well, of course it's a little risky. Everybody's now talking about a recession. You see how easily people can change their their narrative, right? So um, last week. Even after Bitcoin went down to 40k, 39k, people were still bullish. Oh, it's gonna, it's amazing what's gonna happen here in the markets and within the next weeks, months. And now people are like, oh God, inverted yield curve. I, I've seen um, a lot of tweets. However, I would like to say um, that the market is pretty much oversold. If you check out the daily, you'll see that uh, we form a bullish divergence here for the momentum now this is a lagging indicator so we might see a pullback coming of course this is sad like bad news however um that is great for another you know fueling up before we shoot back up so i'm waiting for that move on a daily this is a powerful uh, powerful statement however it's lagging the only thing that I'm concerned about is, of course, we I addressed that multiple times on Twitter, everywhere, is the fact that the futures data um, provided by retail investors is still pretty much very high. So I've been waiting for a liquidation and then a move up. Of course, we've seen that, you know, uh, yesterday we went down to 38K, but is it over? That's a big question because long-short ratio is still above two, which means a lot of people are still com uh, convinced uh, we got great... Uh, open interest so more and more you know um, contracts are being open new money is coming in which might be great but the long short ratio is too high and that you know scares me a little bit what if we see a couple more liquidations before you know the bulls give up for a moment and then all of a sudden boom the market goes back up again so that's what i'm focusing on i'd like to show you one uh, another great on-chain metrics here that I love to bring up every single time, which is the Activator Sentiment Indicator currently sitting above the upper boundary. So we'll see if we're going to find support here and go back up. But strategically, what that means is the market is short-term undervalued. So it's not overheated anymore, and we might want to you know, buy a, a portion. Of course, don't never go all in. We want to strategically buy in and buy out and that might be a great buying opportunity maybe for some of us uh, and another great thing is of course the um, i would i wouldn't say great thing but like it's important for us the bitcoin logarithmic growth curves we've been consolidating between like 38 um and the 40k level here um however we broke below that um that i would say lower you know support level here and currently our resistance that we need to break as soon as possible is 40,700. So once we, you know, have multiple closings above 40,700, we might actually go back to to test the 47,000 again. If we do so, guys, if we don't see great buying power, if we don't see high volume, then maybe um reducing your your um your portfolio might make sense to so take profits and then eventually if we can't make it if like it's pretty much like obvious that the market is not ready to see higher highs maybe we might want to go back in at lower levels but currently since fear and greed is pretty much like um you know tending towards uh, extreme fear fear right 
um, might be strategically clever to um, to buy back in a little bit. And um, yeah, I'm waiting for maybe another liquidation. Um, but these days should be, you know, um, going going sideways, but wait for the um, bullish divergence on the daily on higher time frames, which could indicate great things. Last but not least, guys, um, if we just go back to XRP, um, let's check that one out. I'd like to show you on the weekly that, of course, we lost. Unfortunately, we weren't able to break above that. Uh, falling trend on the daily time frame. It's even, uh, you know, uh, better to see. But like, unfortunately, we broke below the 100 EMA and maybe we're going to approach the 200 uh, moving average, the 200 EMA, um, which is a 56 cents support level. Maybe we're going to see it. Maybe we're going to have a higher closing um, at like 58 to 60 cents. But if that happens, of course, especially if we hit the 200 EMA, Probably a great buying opportunity after a massive pullback. Usually what you see is a nice bounce. That could be a 10, 20, 30% gain. Ellen, if I could interject really quickly. So are you, I, I wasn't sure what you said there. Are you bearish? Do you believe that we're in a bear market? Because Mario made some powerful statements yesterday indicating that we could be in a bear market. And we had a great discussion about it. So I'd love to hear your definitive opinion long-term over the next nine, 12 months. It's, it's very difficult to predict these short-term timeframes. But do you think we're in a bearish trend or do you think we're going to continue bullish? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I actually brought that up for months now. I believe long term we are in a bear market. So even if Bitcoin goes up, I'm not a, I'm actually not a fan of, you know, uh, the, the comments by some influencers stating that Bitcoin is going to hit new all time highs this year. I don't think so. The, for that, the market, especially 10 year treasury yield, like history repeats itself in a different way. And um, I do believe that we're going to see lower lows for many altcoins, especially because of the fact that so many VCs are involved. All these new altcoins you see um, have shady vesting schedules. They're super short term and a lot of like the inflation rate is very high because, you know, VCs tend to dump. So that's why if Bitcoin is volatile, you'll see how altcoins will crash this year. But I personally believe we're going to see that one last, you know, pump uh, where I'd like to cash out a little bit more so I can buy back in later or I can use that money for other investments. Uh, but yeah, short term, I, I'm biased. I believe we're going to see a nice pump. If not, I mean, strategy, I, I will continue the strategy because I believe long term, yes, this year we might see more bearishness in the market. So when we talk about looking for these times of extreme fear to use these times to accumulate, if you believe we're in a long-term bearish trend, which you would not advise, but what, what are you doing yourself? Are you continuing to dollar cost average or are you sitting on the sidelines for the moment? I just want to give people some clarity because we always talk about the dollar cost average process being the best way to navigate this market. But if you're saying we're going into a long-term bear market, a lot of these buying opportunities may not be great buying opportunities. So I personally continued my dollar cost average process. I'm a long-term investor. I don't really try to predict short-term bearish or bullish trends, but I do think it's worth noting. And I'd like to go to Mario or Andrew Cashflow first and circle back to you, Selman. Andrew, is there anything that you're continuing to buy or are you sitting on the sidelines? I know you have some staking news. I'd love to give you a chance to uh, comment as well, if you'd like. What, what, what I do is um, I, I dollar cost average in and every time that the a coin drops, especially the top 10 coins drops with 10%, from a recent high, 
I buy. And if it then drops to another 10%, I buy again and I buy a little bit more. And if it drops again, 10%, I buy again and I buy a little bit more. Every time I buy 25% more, that means I don't care what the market does. I just step in every time I have my fixed uh, uh, entry points. And then I calculate my average price. And if then in a bullish trend, the market goes up and the market goes up with 50% based on my average price, I sell 20%. And if it goes again up with 50%, then it's 100%, I sell again 20%. So, you know, actually all those, all those analysis, it, it's for short time tra trading, relatively short time trading. It's very important, but for long time investors, <coughs> doesn't matter. The only yep. thing is, don't be in a hurry. You know, so that's how I uh, that's how I see it. And yeah, yeah, I do I do more long term investing than trading. However, I'm also trying to to learn trading, but that is really another job trading. It case. really is. And I, I haven't had, I find it so much more difficult. Even when I do make the correct moves, oftentimes it's just luck when you do these short-term trends and things like that. I know that you're very experienced in trading, so I don't have the same tools you do when it comes to navigating your, ex, your exit and entry strategies. But I'd like to go to Mario. Mario, how do you feel about the node market as a whole? Do you believe that we are in a bearish trend in there as well? Yes, the node market is definitely also experiencing a very tough moment uh, for the last couple of months. There was a lot of people that were very hopeful and and coming in with a lot of FOMO because of the way that the prices were just going up in the node space and DeFi as a service space. Uh, but it's definitely it's definitely down. A lot of people are very bearish. All of a sudden, people are questioning whether these projects have sustainability, which was something that they were not questioning when we were all time highs. So it's it, this this is a really good sign that people need to be paying attention uh, when they're investing, and they need to invest because they've done their research. And not because the price is up and because there's hype. And um, another thing that I did want to say as well is that we saw the price of Bitcoin kind of move up throughout the day yesterday, which gave a lot of hope. And now we're back to basically where we were yesterday, 24 hours ago. Yeah. So that is the reason why I keep making this thesis that um, I just don't see strength in the market. I don't see that bullish strength momentum that we saw throughout the majority of last year. Um, and that's the reason why I keep saying that we're kind of in a bearish trend. Now, the other thing that I do want to point out is that a lot of people or most people that have some kind of experience in the space, they're still calling for another leg up. But that's something to pay attention to because it might not even happen because so many people are expecting it might not even happen. And over and, and time and time again, I keep seeing in the market just the things that always seem the most obvious and that people are expecting tend to not happen. Yeah, correct. That's amazing, Mario. That's some great insight. I'd love to circle back to Selman. Selman, why don't you do a little bit of technical analysis on XRP specifically? Because I know we have a lot of loyal listeners out there. And me personally, I've stacked my bags so much over the past few years that I'm hesitant to continue to dollar cost average because so much of my portfolio allocation is already in XRP. I don't feel the need to leverage myself in additionally. But we are experiencing such a large dip and such a great buying opportunity. I'm curious to what some of your thoughts are. So the floor is open for you. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, let me, uh, you know, share my opinion. Um, I would prefer, and I'm just documenting my journey, guys. Don't forget that. Um, there is great buying opportunities, yes. Um, and just like Andrew says, 
when it drops by a little bit, when it drops even lower, you can increase your buying. So, but never go all in because thinking that is the bottom, no one can ever trade the very bottom or the very top. That's for sure. Strategy is important. We are actually working on, you know, and designing a beautiful strategy now um, in a way that, you know, you can buy in with, you know, comfortably buy in, you manifest your, your plan, your numbers. And then when you want to sell, you comfortably sell without hurting your ego because you have an ego, you have emotions, you need to take care of them as well. You can't just say, I'm going to take profits right now, 30% profits. It's going to hurt you a lot when it pumps even higher. That's why we, we are designing a great strategy for you guys. If you're in the academy, definitely watch out uh, over the next you know days or next week probably. You're going to see a great update coming from us. So can't wait to share that. And now let's focus on XRP real quick. Um, of course, um, during these events, just like um, Mario mentioned, when there is not enough strength, what I do is I zoom out and go to higher time frames to see where are we going, uh, where are we heading. And in this case, the 200 EMA looks like a strong support for now again. Of course, if we are good, uh, if I'm totally wrong, I'm biased, yes. But of course, um, there are so many bearish factors in the market. So saying that, hey, I'm waiting for that bullish pump is, of course, you know, uh, it takes courage. Uh, you know, it needs courage. But if we are bearish, if there is no way around, we will probably going to go to 57 cents, 56 cents to hit the 200 EMA and eventually see that bounce because that is how the markets work and probably get rejected here at the 100 EMA, which is 70 cents, and then continue going lower. That would be the bearish scenario. Now, unless we see a drop, one mass fueling up, great volume coming in on the weekly, and we manage to get above, maybe this is the very bottom, a nice W uh, formation, and we break out of that falling trend. If you see XRP, and I think, Sooner or later, we have to break above that falling trend because that's like, you know, focusing on other um, altcoins, etc. That's like pretty much what happened um, after like four or five touch touches. Usually you break above that falling trend. Not always. But if that happens, guys, of course, we might go back up to a dollar. But for now, great buying opportunity is at around 56 to 60 cents. Um, that's a buying like a nice W formation, a bottom of great foundation for that. We could bounce, get rejected at at seventy cents. That could be a quick, you know, a gain for some of you all. But like strategically, it makes sense to get in here. Uh, so wait for that. Don't rush. Have a game plan and get into it. Now I also want to focus on um, XRP Bitcoin. Want to see what's up there? I haven't checked the charts. But let me let me check. Yep, we got rejected here, unfortunately, at the 50 EMA on the weekly. Now approaching the bottom here, we're close to the support level. So, it, of course, Bitcoin is dominating the market right now. Um, but if we get support here at this zone, at this support level, we might expect a quick bounce where XRP is dominating again. Maybe, you know, that could mean we drop to 56, but all of a sudden we pump back up to 65, 70 cents. That's also very much possible. So as long as we hold this support, and I can tell you that we've been holding the support for, 
you know, um, one and a half years now. So maybe that's going to be the same again. And, and we could see that move coming. But you will notice that, um, you know, the market is pretty much in a, you know, in a bull run again. Um, or let's say the bear market ends. Sorry, the bear market ends when XRP pumps. Because usually in this, in the back of the last, you know, six years or so, um, XRP have, has been the last coin to pump. If you see XRP go in parabolic all of a sudden, because you never know, XRP is unpredictable, then you should better take profits um, uh, on your altcoins because it might indicate that the, um, you know, the bull market is over. Uh, just like, you know, in April when, when XRP pumped. So be aware of that news. Of course, we have a falling trend here. So uh, wait for this move as well. So if we get a nice break above, you can expect a great run for XRP. We will dom dominate over Bitcoin. Um, but for now, yes, it's time to actually design a great strategy. Do what Andrew says, right? No financial advice, but it's a, a, um, a very smart move. Focus on your own plan this, and focus on what resonates with you and you're going to be amazing. These are times where wealth is um, you know, being um, created. Focus on that, please. But get ready, guys. I am personally biased. There is going to be a pump coming, but um, focus what the big guys are doing. Uh, yep. If they're stacking, we're stacking. If they're selling, we're selling, guys. That was beautiful. And I think that a lot of people can take this into consideration when they're doing their dollar cost averaging process. If your average buy-in is 88 cents, of course it makes sense to purchase 60 cent XRP so you can bring your, your, bring your average dollar cost average down. Correct. So if you're still below, like I know for my average buy, I'll be transparent here. My average buy on XRP is 37 cents. If we don't see a dip below that, I don't feel the urgency. But if we were to see a 22, 25 cent XRP like we did back in 2020, I would be accumulating like you wouldn't believe. I would be selling out a lot of the projects that I'm profitable on and just continuing to allocate into XRP. I'm so excited about that project. And I know that in the long term, we're going to be viewed as successful. So that's really what I'm excited about going forward. But we'll hop into our first article for today which isn't totally crypto related, but it is worth addressing. Elon Musk secures a $44 billion deal for social media platform, Twitter. Twitter is expected to transition into a privately held company amid the new features and functions. Elon Musk is causing massive disruption in the space. The average Twitter share will be bought for $54.20, and it will not be a publicly traded company anymore. The buyout represents a 38% premium on the publicly traded shares as of April 1st. And this is really bullish news. I'm not sure where we're going to go here. Are we going to integrate cryptocurrencies? Are we going to change the way that Twitter is used as a whole? Very interesting to see that it's not going to be a publicly traded company going forward. But Elon Musk did outline four important things that he wants to change here. And he says that he wants to enhance the product with new features, make algorithms open source, defeating the spam bots, especially in the crypto space, and authenticating all humans by using a checkmark. There's going to be what people think a 2 to $3 paid monthly subscription, and that's going to get rid of a lot of the scam bots in the space. We'll start off with Andrew Cashflow and then kick it to the node defender here. How do you guys feel about Elon Musk officially having purchased Twitter and also the integration of, of digital assets that kind of flow into this space? Actually, actually it, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like, I like disruption. And actually, there are three camps currently. Either you, you, you like it very much, or you like it not at all, or you're somewhere in between and you don't care. And, uh, you know, you could say for, for every position, you could say something. 
because now it is a central guided organization. However, yeah, I like his 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 motivation for freedom of speech, and just for just as an as an illustration, what happened today in the Netherlands? We have a very famous politician who is in the in the in the government of of, of the Netherlands, and he was also banned from Twitter because he said some stuff about about the 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 president of Pakistan, and then Twitter said, "Okay, we will ban you," you know, and. It is so, so so funny that today Twitter said, yeah, now we made a mistake and sorry about that. But it, it took more than six months, I think, this ban. And so actually what you see is I think the current people within Twitter also get a sort of fear because the first thing that Elon Musk wants to do is to get this code yeah, publicly uh, published. So make it open source. So, and if the codes be become open source, yeah, maybe things will come to the, to the, to, to the, will, will, yeah, will boil up, which might not be so fair. And so I think a lot of people inside, the, but that's my, my guess, people inside Twitter are currently correcting some code so that it is now able to, to, to make it public code and that nobody can see anymore what it may what the algorithms maybe were in the past and that also means that people yeah that were banned maybe the ban should be taken off and actually that happened today like like with with trump and i don't know what what will happen with trump's account but at least from a politician in the netherlands yeah he was unbanned today so isn't that a coincidence of course mario i'd love to go to you next what are some of your thoughts yeah i think it's a good thing that Twitter could try to tackle some of these things that it's been facing, you know, like the, the bots, impersonators. And I really like the idea of having some kind of authentication system. Um, and even if that ends up being used through Twitter Blue, that subscription-based system, I think that's genius to drive business to, to Twitter. I, I really think that they could profit big time if they kind of integrate the two things where in order for you to be to have some kind of check mark, and again, it might not be the same kind of check mark that they're off system that they're offering now, but that would kind of KYC the user, and at the same time have them be subscribed to Twitter Blue. That kind of solves two two issues with with one single tackle there. Um, I just think that it's kind. I still feel like it might be still premature to think that this is a done deal. Um, I did see a tweet from from um, Crypto Whale, which I found very interesting, and he pointed out something very very true, which is this is still all playing out. These kind of things can take months. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, it's not really been confirmed to my knowledge. People are just kind of speculating on the fact that the Twitter shares were put on halt. Uh, the Twitter uh, share trading was put on halt. So this thing could take a, a long time to play out. You never know. I mean, the, the board could kind of be pushing out this narrative just to kind of drum, drive up the price of Twitter and then, you know, dump. I know that he also said that he's, he's got a multi-million short on Twitter right now. So we'll see how it plays out, but it would be good for the de decentralization of the platform. The thing is, freedom is great and all, but um, there's also that thing where freedom opens up for, for great things, but it also opens up for stupidity at the same time, right? You have the freedom to be great or you have the freedom to be to be bad. So let's see what happens with this one. And I do love how Elon just continues to reach into every single important sector of our economies, whether it's information distribution, electric cars, space vehicles, 
There's no limits to this guy, and he's worth $270 billion. I didn't know anybody who was worth $270 billion. Apparently, Elon's the only one having passed Jeff Bezos. But Mario, I want to keep the discussion with you because we did see a strong update yesterday. I'm just going to leave the floor open. Why don't you kind of fill people in on what took place and what you think this could mean for Stronger going forward? Yeah, so this is actually step two of their roadmap for 2022. The first step was to release the new token, Stronger. The step two is to release entangled nodes. Entangled nodes is a way for you to kind of group nodes into one and be able to pay all your fees with just one gas fee as opposed to having to pay one gas fee per node. Uh, so this is a really good uh, announcement that they've that they've put out. I know that another thing that they've released, and it's on that video, so if you just pause it right there, mm-hmm. we could see that there's a fourth logo. And so oh, we I'm have, so getting excited right now. Yeah, so we have <laughs> Ethereum. We have Polygon, we have Phantom, and look at that. What is that, G? Tell everybody what logo that is. Uh, D-O-T. <laughs> yes, Polkadot. So this is something really cool. They've been hinting at uh, many more partnerships. They've said that they've got other partnerships, but they didn't want to roll them out until they kind of got this strong chain uh, roadmap going. So that was something that they hinted, and I actually didn't see it until they commented saying, did you guys see um, something in the video? So then that's when I went back and I was like, wait, what is that logo? And I actually had to look it up because I remember the old Polkadot logo. This is the new one. So I didn't remember it. So that's that's something really cool that we've got coming up. The next thing on the Strong Chain roadmap is the ability to, I don't remember exactly what they call it, but it, it's basically your ability to create different tiered nodes. So you'll be able to create a node at a lower entry point and therefore be rewarded according to that, to that uh, percentage. So that's something really cool to keep on the lookout. And all of this is a buildup to the release of Strongchain, which is super cool. I did see a tweet. I did see on their Discord that I think will be will happen at some point in coin and well, the beta or the test net will roll out in some point Q3 of 2022. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on with Strong. And I think it's so important to bring to our listeners because it's one of the mainstream passive income spaces in in crypto right now. Andrew Cashflow brought up something really important. No chair can stand without three legs. And it's the same way that we should be looking at our finances. If we can create streams of passive income with as low risk as possible, right? We're seeing some tapering. We've seen some depreciation in the project, but the long-term value is going to come from strong leadership. And I think this project has some of the most strong leadership in the entire node space. So I'm really interested to see how this project continues to develop. And if it's sustainable, that's what's most important. If everyday retail investors have access to something that can pump out 30%, 40% APY, I mean, that's still phenomenal. People get upset because there's tapering and there's there's a downtrend in the actual currency. But even now, at the average price that we purchased our strong, we're still experiencing over 25% in annual passive income. So that's a great investment opportunity, in my opinion. I'll kick it to our next article, which is some very bullish news for the entire crypto market. As 80% of institutions are bullish on the, the future of crypto, The majority of investors expect crypto to overtake traditional investment vehicles within a decade. So this should happen very quickly. One of the biggest things holding the market back right now is the uncertainty over regulation. And that remains the key barrier for crypto investors. Eight out of 10 institutions believe that crypto will overtake traditional investment vehicles within a decade. And 54% of retail investors believe that cryptocurrencies will overtake traditional currencies in the next 10 years. So I believe that's central bank digital currencies and crypto assets as a whole. But this this, um, analysis was very broad. They did over 5,000 institutions, over 23,000 retail investors across 23 countries. 
and all of the news was bullish. So I want to kick it to Selman here. What are some of your thoughts on institutions being more comfortable than ever to back cryptocurrency and just allowing their investors more and more opportunity? Yeah, you guys know CBDC is one topic, right? Uh, governments are working on it, central banks, of course. And uh, you see how uh, during the pandemic, we've seen how money is dirty, how digital payment is important, how people use Apple Pay, for example, even their watches, Apple watches to pay. And now slowly you see that transitioning into the metaverse, et cetera, all of that. So it's everything is digital right now. And, and after that massive hype last year, everybody's talking about crypto, uh, even, you know, the, um, you know, the games, you, you see like, um, what was it called again? Yeah, the, you know, the Super Bowl. Yeah, we, you guys in America, you you watch Super Bowl, right? You see it was all about Coinbase, Crypto.com, et cetera. So there is a massive hype amongst, um, you know, retail investors already know what crypto is, but there are still a lot of people that didn't, uh, due diligence. They don't, you know, they didn't dive into it. They didn't um, do a lot of research. So that is a perfect time for for institutions to develop. And we know so many, especially like Citibank, all of them are developing in the background. We know that Master Mastercard filed 15 trademarks right two weeks ago. So they are building right now, and they're like this. They're shaking their hands. They're getting ready. They know what's going to happen in the next years. So they're building right now. That's why they're super bullish because within the next 10 years, we know what's going to happen. A great, um, you know, it's going to be CBDCs, cryptocurrencies. And you guys know Citibank predicted two weeks ago, uh, MasterCard did that to Microsoft too. By 2030, around 5 billion people will be in the metaverse and it's going to be a market of $13 trillion. So it's a huge business opportunity. That's why we say from traditional markets, there is going to be a huge like money inflow into the crypto space. That's why, you know, these businesses want to act fast, want to get a big share of that, right? And get ready for the massive shift that's happening. And um, yeah, during the inflation rate, which is super high, of course, they want to, you know, make more profits. And what's a better way to invest in infrastructure or become the infrastructure? And that's why I'm super bullish on that. Uh, and um, especially now, uh, apps, um, I checked out the on-chain metrics, by the way, I forgot to mention, but we have a massive outflow of Bitcoins these days. Wow. So, yep. you know, we're talking about bullish divergence, but like everybody's bearish right now, but there is still a massive um massive outflow of Bitcoins every day. It's getting even more and more. So that's why I feel like, ah, oh, something's going to happen. Like one last pump. I don't know. Maybe this is also linked to that, that maybe they slowly going to come up with like great news so that retails are going to FOMO in again and they're cashing out. So we're going to see, but by 2030, I believe it's going to be a massive business opportunity and we're not sleeping on it. We're also building as we have PCA, we got Collecti and many more new businesses will be here. All our viewers, maybe you guys are um, coming up with like great ideas, right? So this is a great time to raise awareness. It's so early and we're going to be so wealthy at the end. And it's obvious right now that we have we are accumulating before we experience this massive catalyst. When regulation comes in and these institutions get, are given the green light, there's no doubt in my mind that a flood of liquidity is going to come in. And we had a quote down here that says, we expect more regulation in the coming months. We saw what Joe Biden did last week. And so we've been really hyper-focused on the regulation narrative since then. 
Andrew Cashflow, what are some of your thoughts? Because I know you're not an American, but regulation is going to affect everyone worldwide. How do you feel? Regulation is fantastic. The sooner we have it, the better. Because what, uh, what you all say, the flood of money will come in as soon as it is regulated because major institutions cannot afford to go in something that is not regulated when there is not enough liquidity i mean the risk is too big for them so we need that regulation very urgently and you know the the the, the, X, the xrp case lawsuit is is a major driver for regulation what uh, what the president said uh, Biden said about we need regulation. I mean, behind the scenes, a lot of people are working on regulation. However, there is there is there is an, an yeah an, 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 a, a, a difficulty because banks must force themselves so much in an other narrative that things will be open and it will be decentralized. And I mean, that is so weird for them to have all stuff open because. Normally, everything is closed in a bank and nobody uh, nobody knows. And if you have a little bit of an advantage in information, you make more money. And, you know, yeah, and, and, and especially with crypto, yeah, we are in a much better position now than, uh, than with centralized money. And, yeah, that, that's why I say, you know, let it come. And maybe it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not perfect, but there is no perfect world. But to my opinion, CDBCs, and crypto will just exist next to each other. Yes, I think we agree. And you said something really interesting a few weeks ago when you said the reason they're going to get people to shift into central bank digital currencies is they're going to offer a discount on products when you pay with that currency as opposed to, to the traditional dollar. So I think when they start creating incentives for retail investors to say, oh, well, I can turn in $100 of USD and get 115 in a central bank digital currency, that seems like the beginning of the end for me. But I'd love to hear from Selman, and then we'll roll back around to some more articles. Yep. I mean, uh, we got one comment here and will DeFi take over in the next three to five years? I know that cash flow, right? Our cash flow mastermind um, is making 20% on it, like his stable coins. Like where, which bank gives you 20% interest right now? This is huge. And they know, they know. Now we're talking about decentralization, giving back to the people, right? The power belongs to the people, et cetera. But they have the capital, they have the power right now, and they know the game. They they have great you know, minds on board and they know they can predict way ahead than we do. We know what's going to happen the next couple of years. Citibank reports by 2030, this is going to happen. But the, they have plans until 2040. 2050 maybe right so they know the game just like car manufacturers so uh, what does that mean they are investing in DeFi, guys check out jv's videos too he explains that um they are investing heavily into DeFi because they know this is the future they are investing in metaverse you already you know uh seen jp morgan the first ever you know bank uh, on you know sandbox with their um we got another bank, I guess, on Decentraland. You see how, you know, um, slowly they're opening stores there. And in the, in the future, they're going to offer, you know, customer service there. Amazing what's happening there. So, yes, I, I do believe DeFi will take over the next three to five years. Um, it's a journey. We don't know, of course. We have limited resources, of course. The the If, um, if Johnny was here, 
he'd say the elite uh they know they know better than we do they have the resources they do a lot of research guys um and yeah but i personally believe yes defi is going to be here and is going to kick banks out that are not smart enough to invest in the crypto space right now yeah that was amazing Selman. i love to give a shout out to johnny crypto send in love my man i know you're i know you're not feeling too well but what I do want to say is if you're enjoying this content, please show us some love. Smash that like button. And if you're interested in following any of these guys, the best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy where you sh we get to show you how we're navigating this market, not only from a mindset standpoint, but many of the opportunities you wouldn't have traditional exposure to, whether it's Andrew Cashflow's passive income and airdrops, Selman's technical analysis, Mario's node defender videos. There's fantastic content from every single member of our team. And I really think it's the most valuable place to learn about crypto. And you also have a community that stands out among the crypto community, starting with Coach JV and working our way down. We have the best team in the space. And I say that with confidence. But we're going to hop into our next article for the day, which is Standard Chartered Bank enters the metaverse. They've purchased a virtual land in the sandbox metaverse, Mega City District, which is a cultural hub for Hong Kong talents. This is very interesting. It's another massive, massive bank entering the metaverse space. And it's all happened within this month. So I'd love to scroll down to the bottom of this article where they say, for the past few years, we've been building business models in crypto and digital assets. And we see a rise of the metaverse as a critical milestone for Web3 evolution. Whether it's JP Morgan, HSBC, Fidelity, Goldman Sachs, or Morgan Stanley, all of these banks have bought into the crypto space and they're all choosing two specific metaverse projects, right? They're choosing Mana, which is Decentraland, and they're choosing Sandbox, which is Sand. I'm very interested to hear from our group. We'll start off with the Node Defender. What do you think about the adoption of the metaverse and how this is going to play into our finances going forward? I think these are signs. Most of these institutions at some point called crypto a scam and the whole crypto market to be a scam and and they said that it would go to zero. And we start to see, I mean, not too long ago, and we've discussed it on the show, that HSBC was, was not allowing their, their customers to transact with crypto, whether that would be to cash out from an exchange or, or to deposit onto an exchange. And then a few months later, they're like, oh, we're bullish on, we're bullish on the metaverse. And then we just see one institution after the other. We've seen it being called out to be a 13 trillion dollar opportunity as it says right there on the in the article and i think that these are signs that people need to look at and kind of make their investment decisions based on it i know that this is stuff that we all look at we all take these things as as hints and we all make our investment decisions based on what they are doing rather than what they are saying um so so yeah bullish for the for the metaverse long term i mean who's going to be the winner we don't know we don't know if the central land is going to you know take take the lead or if sandbox is going to take the lead we don't know if a new platform maybe block you know blocktopia could be the one to go for i think that the essential thing is to acknowledge the the big emerging metaverses and kind of have exposure in all of them because at the end of the day we don't know who's going to be the google of the of the metaverse right and you said something important there will be a google of the metaverse and the best thing we can do is look at these indicators who are these massive billion trillion dollar companies betting on and I think that's the safest place for us regular retail investors to invest as well. Andrew Cashflow, how do you feel about the metaverse? And what do you think this is going to mean for Web3's evolution? Um, I, I, I want to be very honest. I still have problems wrapping my head around what is happening. Buying land, building, uh, building uh, buildings in the metaverse, 
making open spaces. Uh, what, what I see is there is so much happening and but I, I cannot predict it. But, but that, that, that metaverse will be big, absolutely. However, I also think there will be different metaverses next to each other, next to each other, and they will interact with each other. And what I also see is that uh, that assets, NFTs that you earn in one uh, uh, metaverse, you can take it with you to another metaverse. You can sell it, you can buy it. And that's what, what Web3.0 make, make it so powerful. It will, will be, be the web of ownership. You can take ownership ship of stuff. And I think yeah, that, that will be the, the biggest advantage. So on, on one hand, we will have, of course, you will have the, where you have the, 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 the platforms, but then you have DeFi on one hand and you have metaverses on the other hand. And DeFi and metaverses, yeah, they also belong to each other because first you have, you need a payment system layer before you can put on top of uh, 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 yeah, metaverse stuff so that you can interact with each other and, and pay with, uh, with, with whatever kind of currency. So yeah, it is big and I'm, I'm honest, I still have difficulties with to predict where it will go in where, where we will be in 10 years. Yeah, virtual real estate is really difficult to wrap your head around, right? Because you think like digital real estate, it's almost like contrary terms. Digital means infinite almost. And, and so to say that there's a finite map and a finite space within the digital space can be a little difficult to wrap our heads around. But what I do think is interesting is that Sandbox and Decentraland are both built on Ethereum. I'd love to go to Selman next. What are some of your thoughts? So my grandpa always said, land is the most important asset, but he didn't define where to buy land in the metaverse or in real life. So I'm sorry, grandpa, but like, uh, uh, should have defined that more clearly. But guys, I can only tell you one thing. If you ever, ever experience a VR, or let's say you haven't experienced that, please do so. Don't get, buy it. Just go to a store, try it on. You'll see where we're heading. I mean, it's nice. It's a cool experience, but also super scary because you know the Netflix uh, series right black mirror whatever it is you're gonna uh, in the future uh you know you'll see high vibrational people will use the metaverse way differently than people with low vibration uh they're gonna consume some people will produce so here's the deal metaverse experience is amazing so vr experience is going to be amazing so these banks know that we are heading into that space the shift unfortunately is that way you can either use it or you know, consume it. You can produce or consume. So um, banks are joining because metaverse people think metaverse is just gaming and, you know, playing, the you know, or let, let's say uh, coming together. That's it. No, it's more than that. Actually, when you check out the MasterCard or City report, they say it's going to be, you know, customer service will be there, AI the machine learning is one part. So many different things will be involved in the metaverse. I don't even know like what the hell is going on there. So there is like more than that. Metaverse, I mean, the gaming is just like, you know, NFTs with digital art, the digital art in the NFT space and the gaming in metaverse is just the introduction. Gaming is a huge industry, but that's just one part of what's coming. So guys, um, no wonder that these businesses are slowly uh, buying properties 
even KPMG, PWC, they said that they bought land a couple months ago because they want to actually um, educate their clients and they're coming. That's why we as Collective Labs, for example, promised our uh, community that we want to build on Metaverse and, and do digital real estate because we believe it is businesses have to come. This is the web. Elmer, if I can interject real quick. You said something so important on your Instagram yesterday where you said your network is it's it's your net worth, right? And I think that building these communities through the metaverse and allowing these high income individuals to socialize and have access to not only ideas but conversations with people, I think it's so exciting. Like for Board Apes Yacht Club, for example, every single person who owns one of those is a millionaire. So the conversations that are being had within that community are very, very high level conversations. And I think that's something that retail needs to be aware of within this space going forward. I'll kick it back to you. 100%. 100%. Uh, we are living in a time right now, especially after the pandemic, where you need a community. You know, we've seen in, in the digital space, things have changed and you need a community to grow. Uh, because if there is another pandemic, you have the chance to Maybe you, uh, you, you might need to shut down your business, right? So in order to protect yourself, you need a strong community that will support you no matter what. So the metaverse is the best thing. Digital, uh, you know, in a digital space, coming together, creating or building a tribe is important. That's why we want to help businesses get on the blockchain. And the best part of the blockchain is both parties um, are getting rewarded. So the, the developer, the founder, the brand, right? And on the other side, the community. So it's going to be a great, um, great environment for both. And that they know for sure that this is, you know, um, th that they're going to benefit from that. You know, Facebook is uh, want to take 47% uh, uh, commission on, which is ridiculous. But ridiculous. you see, I mean, it, it's coming. There is a huge opportunity in anyone who's just investing. You might want to start investing, doing research, investing. But at some point, you, sh you should find ways to build your own business there because you're so early, guys. It's like yeah. buying Facebook uh, stocks in like 2000. And we, we, we even have another catalyst to show someone. I know we just have five minutes left, but I want to hop into these two really important articles. And it's so interesting. Fidelity is going to allow Bitcoin retirement savings into their 401k accounts. We talk about this on a weekly basis. We've been waiting for this catalyst to come to fruition. And here we are. Fidelity has announced that it will allow clients and participants to put a share of their retirement, of sa retirement savings into Bitcoin. Millions of people may be able to invest in Bitcoin directly without needing to open an account on a cryptocurrency exchange as a result of this announcement. They're only going to take about 0.75 to 0.9% of transactions. And we started to hear growing interest from planned sponsors organically as to how as to how Bitcoin could be integrated into people's retirement funds. And we're seeing that today. So the platform will allow for more than 20% allocation. And this is going to be massive. I think this is a fundamental shift in retirement funds, in long-term investing. Let's start with Andrew Cashflow. How are you feeling about this update? Uh, you're you're on mute, sir. It's excellent. However, I also have a critical remark because, you know, I like cash flow, but I also like financial independence. So, and I know it's a risk, but I also like to work on my retirement and not with 65 or 67, no, earlier. So, yeah. of course, you should put money in your retirement account 
and do whatever you like with Bitcoin and it, it's fantastic, but also save money, invest money so that and you when you start today, you know for sure you can retire in maybe 10, 15 years. Lower your standards a little bit for your living because don't buy every two years a new car, don't uh, move houses every other half year and a new furniture and that kind of stuff. So, so save your money, put it into assets and put it into cash flowing assets. And the sooner you are financially free, the, the, the sooner you can uh, yeah, and enjoy life at the fullest. And of course, I also have a retirement plan and I also put money in there, but I'm also very happy. I have my real estate, what is cash flowing. And that's why I'm financially free already uh, several years. Exactly. And it's those multiple pillars of income you always talk about and teach. I think those are so, so valuable, especially in this new economy where people are going to be more responsible for their finances going forward. But I did want to comment on what Michael Saylor said, because Fidelity actually partnered with MicroStrategies to do this 401k allocation process. And Michael Saylor says that the allegations of him selling Bitcoin are totally false. If they were going to sell Bitcoin, it would be public on the SEC filing. So I did want to put those uh, conversations to rest because they were fake rumors. We'll go to the Node Defender. Do you have any comments on Fidelity's 401k or Michael Saylor talking about how they're continuing to hodl Bitcoin? Yeah, I think it's good. And I, we keep talking about the fact that it's important to look at Bitcoin as this big driver in the space. Bitcoin has the lead. Bitcoin is being adopted by 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 most by the most uh, amount of financial you know institutions and 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 as we just seen for four hundred one k's and stuff. So it's important to keep Bitcoin on the radar. Whether you're a Bitcoin maxi or whether you don't even like Bitcoin, I mean, if you're interested in the crypto space, you need to look at Bitcoin as the signal for the space, and then hope that some other crypto is going to do the same or give you the same kind of gains that you've had with Bitcoin. Um, yeah, MicroStrategy is the biggest advocate for that. Um, he talks about Bitcoin. All, well, I think he only talks about Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't think he talks about anything else other than Bitcoin in the crypto space. But I mean, it's good to see that he kind of denied that to be false um, because that was kind of a driver of FUD last week. People were just saying that he was selling Bitcoin without anybody really knowing through this other company that was tied to MicroStrategy. We'll see what happens. I don't really have that much more to say about that. It's just another bullish catalyst for crypto, and we see more and more adoption on an everyday basis. I'd love to say thank you to Andrew Cashflow, thank you to G Investing, and thank you to the Node Defender. All social medias are linked below, and if you enjoyed this content, show us some love and smash that like button so the algorithm can pump this thing out and get this valuable information to as many people as possible. We're going to continue to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics on a daily basis, and we never miss a day. I want to say thank you, and we'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today.